This time, I sadly announced that Audrey's body was located at the Trinity River on the U.S. Highway 59. As a result of today's developments, I will discontinue the Amber Alert for Audrey, and I, I want to thank DPS, Department of Public Safety, for all their help in this alert. The information that ha we have gathered in this criminal investigation is substantial. I just want to take a few moments to explain how we're going to move forward from here. Based on all of the evidence that law enforcement has collected, they are in the process of preparing the appropriate arrest warrants for Don Stephen McDougall. At this time, we believe the appropriate arrest warrant is going to be for capital murder and the death of Audrey Cunningham. He is currently still in jail under an unrelated felony charge here. That's wild. <laughs> it's wild what they have done with the race conversation. Mm. Politics, race, it's so weird how I go in the comment section and somebody would bring up Trump and it'd be some shit, or, or Biden, whatever. It'd be some shit that's totally unrelated to politics. Like, so we have this, well, to, to me, it's a big case. Well, this is a case that just happened in Houston where this little girl, um, I guess she was kidnapped, um, and they just found her body today in uh, yeah. the Trinity River. And I, I thought it was going to be a national case. If, 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 they, if they wouldn't have found her body in another day or two, it would have, have been national. Um, but they found her body, and I was just looking at the comments and, like, the, the, the weird thing about it was the last person she was seen with is an ex-con, and I do believe he had a swastika on his on his shoulder. <laughs> and I mean, so that's the type of background, that's the type of fam, you know, she was around, um, which wasn't her choice. But when I seen the comments, I'm like, okay, yeah, this dude, you know, ex-con, obviously, you know, got ties to racism somewhat um, at, at some point. Um but even with that being said, like bringing politics into this is irrelevant, bro. Like, who gives a shit, bro? Like, a little girl just died, and this shit could have been totally avoided if people weren't literally evil scumbags. Yep. <laughs> but you can't rid the world of evil scumbags. Like, there's there's no way you are going to rid a society of evil. It's not happening. I've seen some crazy shit. Oh, um, yep, that's yeah. him. Babysitter Don Stephen McDougal, who has served time before, and is he's clearly has Nazi ties. Crazy. And he was he was seen as somebody that can walk somebody else's child to school. And I guess one hold day. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Babysitter Don Stephen McDougal, who has served time for child sex offenses. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. Not just a regular felon. Oh, my bad. I should have specified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. And, and apparently the mom didn't have custody. You know, so it's it's the dad. I mean, who knows? Them dudes probably gay. Who knows? Who knows what type of home that girl was living? That girl probably was killed because she became a burden. Them dudes probably just wanted to sit in their trailer home and smoke meth. And that girl was in there in the way. But that society, bro. That society. Motherfuckers are always looking for a way to to escape and that's why they that's why they love drugs bro because they, they look in the mirrors that's tough that's tough for some people nowadays there's even a greater trend to celebrate someone that you don't like dying 
And I was always kind of taught never to play with death because death is on everyone's doorstep, whether we oh. like it or not. So even if the worst person in the world dies, celebrating their death is, I think it was around when Bin Laden died or when they reported Bin Laden died where everyone was having jubilation in the street. And that to me was like, all right, yeah, he could have been a w- whatever type of person, but like celebrating death is a, a, a bit weird. There was a YouTuber who just died a couple of days ago I saw on Twitter. And so apparently he says some things or did some things people don't like. And they were full on having celebrations that he died. And he, I think he was like 23 years old. Man, Who knows? That's a- don't say shit. If you can't say nothing nice, don't, don't, don't say anything. Just Celebrating that. somebody's death that didn't, that didn't like that you directly don't even know. wrong you. Yeah, exactly. They didn't do anything <laughs> directly to you. Yeah. That shit, like playing with of, death is scary. I I feel like because there's you know we, this could possibly get into like a conversation about metaphysical planes and different you know planes of reality and stuff. So it's kind of like putting stuff out there. I think you guys even always talk about on on no boundaries of like the power of the tongue, right? Mm-hmm. Of, of of speaking things and and putting out that you're celebrating someone's death. I think is is too much of a. It's inviting too much weird stuff into your life, in my opinion. I mean, even inter- entertainers that have done it, just, you know, thinking that shit was cool. Like, when Pac would talk about it, I mean, like, just playing with your own life like that. Like, this, it's, it's a known fact that, you know, um, be careful. It's just mm. be careful. I mean, if you value life, celebrate life and don't joke about death because, I mean, any time, any day, you don't know. It's not, and it's, I get the memes can be entertaining, but like the meme, a meme is not worth it. Nah, uh, it's, man, it's, it's really not worth it. Everybody on the internet in that realm, they like to do shit in a sense of trying to be edgy, mm. and low key shit really isn't edgy anymore because yeah. in the nineties, yeah, like in the nineties when shit was quote unquote edgy, it was like, all right, that's reserved for that ten percent. That, you know, mm-hmm. like they doing that. But now everybody's edgy. Everybody thinks it's funny to joke about death. Everybody thinks like like you talk about, you know, Drake having his moment. I said this a month months ago. Like you there is not when it comes to sexualizing shit, that shit don't make you go viral no more. Like Kim K, what Kim K did, you're not gonna get another Kim K in that aspect. Because mm-hmm. what she did with people that looked at that shit like, oh, okay, she get she getting Dig down for Adrian. All right, what's next? <laughs> you know, like, like you, 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 like, we live in a generation now. Like, it's we live in a world now where it's, like I said, like snuff films. I mean, they're nothing. Ooh. There's nothing today. We didn't watch so many people die on camera. Like, what is that? Like, we thought snuff films were something in the '90s. These motherfuckers see a snuff film and they send it to their mama. It's it's, it's 90 seconds on Twitter now. That's it, bro. That's crazy. I mean, just think about what Facebook has become. Like, Facebook was for college kids. Facebook yeah. was a lot more wholesome place. You can go on Facebook, and they literally are selling vagina on there. They're <laughs> selling feet pics on there. They wilding on there, bro. Like, it's crazy now. Like, damn, it's I was like, just on Facebook Marketplace because I wanted a freaking couch. Like, I wasn't trying to buy your feet pics on Facebook Marketplace. They so sell them. They yeah. sell. Hey, oh, I got I got these essential oils. Well, how come all three pictures of you in a bodysuit? I don't even see the oils that you selling. 
when you when trust me, when you DM them, it's the feds, and you're going to jail. <laughs> Cause take your ass to the store to go get some oil. What the like, bruh? They know what the fuck they doing, man. It's 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 truly truly sad that we live in a time period where we even allow porn stars to speak. Like, shut up. Yeah. But guess what? <laughs> guess you, mean what? Sex, you mean sex workers. Man, shut up. <laughs> porn stars is degrading. They're sex workers who deserve benefits and rights just like everybody else. There is a lot of power to the idea that we got to bring back shaming. Shaming works. I think about shit now where, like, there was points in my life where I would gain weight and my mom would make comments about, like, how I'm getting pudgy and stuff. And I used to hate her for it, but then I remember, like, that shit is effective. Your mom starts telling you you're you're gaining weight, you're going to lay off. I'm going to have one less rookie that night, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) We're one of the fattest countries in the world. (laughs) (laughs) And the reason is, is because we've allowed people to put together campaigns that say it's not right to hurt people's feelings. Mm. Body positivity, anything that has positivity attached to it, it's no, no. We need shame positivity. That's the only positivity we need. Shame positivity. We need to shame people for being useless. We need to shame people for being useless in the sense of, do you even care about your own life? Yeah. Like, you do understand that by just sitting there being the lazy fuck that you are, that you are lessening the chance of you naturally making it to a big age. Mm. Like you're in a lot of people today that we see that are on my 800 pound life or when you walk into a grocery store and you see these people with they have to wheelchair around or or they have to get on. Like when you see this shit, like there shouldn't be those motorized things in the store. If you didn't have those motorized things in the store, you would be able to motivate people to not be fat fucks and have to get (laughs) on those scooters. Like but I just even you you got here and then you want to sit on the scooter? <laughs> Stop <laughs> accommodating these lazy, useless individuals. We accommodate them too much. They're not disabled in a in a real sense. They're not. They're lazy, and they're using that. They're, they're gonna. They're in turn. They're gonna take that laziness and put it on somebody else to accommodate them. And if you don't accommodate them. They gonna shame you, like what the fuck? But but see the thing about shame is, like as you would say, it's a slippery slope. Because how many times have have we heard the term "if you broke, just say that" or you know, oh, these are a lot of broke boys to the point where even men who are broke are just saying, okay, if I, if I'm broke, then I'm broke. Okay, bet, bet, sure, okay. Shaming is not gonna. It's a nuanced <laughs> situation. Everybody's not going to be happy. It's like I've been doing this report in class about ethics and ethics. is tough, man, because if you're trying to manage a group of people based on your ethics, I mean, what's right to you 
might not be right to them. It might go against their culture. It might go against a lot of things. Like they they not brought up that way. I mean, women and men today are like they 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 are different. They need certain accommodations. How do you how do you manage that these days? That's scary. And I, that's yeah. why I look at that's why I look at people like, man, I'm surprised you want to be a supervisor or a manager because the shit you got to deal with. I can joke with Jay about some shit, and then me, I'm just in my mode. I'm gonna turn around to to Katie and joke with Katie. She's gonna report me to HR. <laughs> <laughs> you could you could say Joel and Bede was playing like a bitch last night to me, and I'm gonna say hell yeah, and then Katie gonna say that's offensive to women, <laughs> bro. Even though I'm calling another man a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that neither one of us know personally. <laughs> you got offended by it. And it's almost impossible to read a room now. Yeah. Especially with, like uh, th- that's why like people they're on the internet they'll yell diversity is a strength, but man, diversity is, can be a clusterfuck. Like you could go in a very diverse setting and that makes shit a lot more uncomfortable. <laughs> like sometimes you got to be around your own. And and even then, you know, my experience isn't Wells' experience. <laughs> Man. <laughs> like a lot of these situations, I just know I'd be damned because it's it's a lot of shit is not fair and shit is never going to be fair because mm. what fair represents. To be fair, like when you really think about fairness. And like just all the time, that would mean shit would be perfect. And and there's just it's not possible, bro. You you gotta kind of find it. You gotta curate it yourself. And you already know, like the bigger your the bigger your circle gets, the bigger the more interactions you have, the more engagements you have, shit is not gonna be fair. It's not always gonna be in your favor. You're not always gonna be the person that they're catering to. But we do have groups out there that feel like everything has to be catered to them. If they're not included, then that's a slight to them. There is an agenda out there, I feel, to eradicate diversity, pure diversity. I think the diversity that they try to sell back to us is superficial. Superficial diversity. It's like, how are you going to sell me on my own diversity? Like, think <laughs> about how, how wild is that? How is somebody going to sell the both of you on your own diversity? It's insane. <laughs> Going to tell him, well, as a as a black man, you should feel this way. Oh, I, no! <laughs> oh, oh, shit! My is my black card in jeopardy? Oh shit! When you think, allow ahead, these, when we when we allow these groups to mm. speak for us, it's That's insulting it. to me because y'all don't know me. Yeah, like. How are you going to speak for me and you don't know me? And then when I try to speak, you speak down to me. And that's when I start realizing you're not really for the people. You're mm. for the people that think like you. You're for that class. But you're not for the people. And a lot of groups are rarely ever for the people. You know why? Because they don't know everybody. <laughs> you don't know everybody. Who are you speaking for? And it's like it's like when you see when you see the studs and 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 the the feminine um, gay men, you know it's kind of like, dog, you dressing like 
thugs did in the 90s. You out here got on a shirt with it open and got some where your titties ain't out. You got your pants sagging where you see your, your brow floor and drawers and stuff like that. We not dressing like that anymore. Yeah. Like, so to me, your interpretation of a man is offensive. And like with women, you know, you get the uh, the saucy Santana, he got his nails done. He's out there, you know, the and it's like, how does that how's that not offensive to y'all? Like he's 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 really degrading which y'all which y'all are as a gender, and y'all think that shit is funny. Or like because women, it makes you feel seen send, or included, you feel me, like you can relate to it. Exactly, women send me um, gay guys that do comedy on social media and stuff, and it's like you don't see that he's really making fun of women. <laughs> y'all don't y'all don't y'all don't register that. Yeah. Like, y'all don't be walking around in high heels, mopping the floor, on the phone, clicking your nails. Y'all don't really be doing that. He's making fun of you. Character. And it's not even, like, in a comedic, I'm on stage performance. He's like, oh, women act like this. Black people act like this. You know, it, it's like, oh, y'all do love chicken. Y'all do love watermelon. Like, they're making fun of you. 99% of black Hollywood is that. 99% of black Hollywood even though you see them as black people are doing blackface. I will die on that hill. Damn. They, they're they not, a lot of, 99% of black Hollywood, they don't want to associate with what I would say is, you know, common America when it comes to common black folk. They will, they look at us as experiments. They look at us as guinea pigs. They will study us and they will mimic us, but they truly don't connect with us. 99% of them. I truly believe that. Did, did I talk to y'all about um, American fiction? Mm. No, no, no. So I, I had, when the, when the, when the award season was going on, they, I seen a lot of talk about Sterling K. Brown's performance in an American fiction. So like, okay, cool. I was, you know, let me check it out. You know, I've watched, and I think I told you, well, like he was in, um, was it, this is us hotel Artemis. Yeah. 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 So I watched it. And I'm he was like, the Black Panther as well, right? Yeah, he's Black Panther. Yeah, he was in Black Panther. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. I watched it. I'm like, are y'all giving this guy praise because he did a great job, or is it because he played a gay black man? Kind you of like, me. kind of like Denzel in Training Day, like Halle in Monsters Ball. Like they almost Damn. to the level like you had to degrade yourself to get this praise. Man. And I was like, I don't think anyone in white America looks at any minority. Uh, from a uh, merit perspective of what they contribute, unfortunately. And like, I, I kind of see Elon now. So now I think white America is starting to develop a new obsession with the idea of merit. And I think Elon is a huge part of that because I've seen a couple of his, of his tweets and he's directly said merit in terms of, um, for example, with the pilots that was going on with the diversity inclusion thing, the DIE. Mm -hmm. So it was basically United saying, oh, we're going to now our uh, workforce is going to have this diversity of pilots. And that's the standard we're setting. So then it was just like, well, I've never copped on an airplane and really thought uh, who the pilot is. Like, that's never been my consideration. It's just like, can we all get, can, can everybody on this flight get safely? Because anyone on a plane, it, realistically, is either trying to go see somebody they love or get home to somebody they love. So can we all just make that happen? Like, I don't care what, what race or religion or skin color a pilot is, right? 
it doesn't really matter. So like for them to say like, no, we need to now have X number of pilots who are this skin tone. It's just like, no, that's not why people fly. Like, how is that creeping into something as skillful as being a pilot? But also on the flip side of that, if I hop on a plane and the, the pilot is like a 70-year-old white man, there is a certain level of comfort <laughs> <laughs> knowing that this guy has flown like 500,000 miles. So it's like, all right, you know what? He's the, in the best position. So, it, you know, it's just But it, it, it's at the same time, it's like, I don't lower this bar so more people can qualify. You putting people's lives in, in, in like, like don't 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 say, oh well, you know, we're gonna decrease how long you gotta be in med school. No, yeah. you put people's lives in your hand. This is a pilot. You're flying a, an Airbus with X number of people on it. Like, don't don't lower the bar because you feel like, oh well, minorities aren't as smart as whites, so we gotta lower the bar so they can become pilots too. Leave the bar where the fuck it is. And if you just can't meet the qualifications, you can't meet those qualifications, black, white, or other simple and when minorities fall for that just for opportunities i think it's i think it's just like it's depressing because it shows you who actually can do critical thinking which is obviously always a recurring topic on no boundaries like the power of critical thinking versus people that are don't critically think at all there was like a stat that went around recently about how for most people i think it was like 75, 80% of people, there's nothing going on in their mind. <laughs> no it's internal dialogue at all. There's no internal dialogue. So I know that if I get an opportunity and I'm only getting the opportunity because somebody can say, quote unquote, Indian director or black actor or black pilot or Indian pilot, that to me is ironically more offensive because y'all aren't doing what that with that the white pilots. is insane. <laughs> That, that white pilots whole... are just pilots. <laughs> white directors are just directors. White directors can just make the movies they want to make. It doesn't have to be a, a great commentary on the white struggle. They just get to make whatever they want to make. But if it's a black director, we now, this man made a movie, probably poured two to three years of his life, probably writing it and then getting funding, then actually shooting and then editing. And when he's when you're interviewing him for a press junket, you just want to bring in societal things to, to like, and nothing about his movie at all. Like that, that is so disrespectful. It's like, if you're a journalist or you're an interviewer, you're a TikTok star who got the opportunity to interview. It's like, no, ask the man about his art and art should be that for everyone. It shouldn't be, I shouldn't ever think, oh, I want to make a, a movie and I want it to just be about Indian people. Like that's, it's never the intent. It should never be the intent. It almost feels like true art has been... It's dead, first of all. They've siphoned it out of Hollywood. Yes. And it's all social justice. It's all, hey, you know, pay attention to this, my political view, my political agenda, identity mm -hmm. politics. Like, I will watch things that I don't even tell y'all I watch from a total research perspective. So I watched um, The Book of Clarence. Okay. And my <laughs> How was it? God, oh, it was oh. one. The prime example of blackface, um, RJ Siler. That dude, I hate his guts. He is <laughs> he is the epitome of blackface. Like whenever I see him, people will say he's a good actor, and I will say yes, because he's imitating 
shit that he's able to actually go and explore and be able to really get up close to and like study it because I'm going to say it again 99% of black Hollywood they're so out of touch they're so disconnected with the average black person in America it's upsetting that enough people don't see it but Mm. in terms of Book of Clarence it literally had no real meaning like they just wanted to put out they the liberal agenda in Hollywood they're so obsessed with gay washing and black washing things that to me that alone takes away from the art because a lot of times I can I watched Fantastic Four with Michael B Jordan I didn't care that Johnny Storm was black I was interested in how they were going to do the relation thing um but at the end of the day, like, I don't care when you guys do it from an honest, like, you're doing it honestly because this guy's a good actor. Sure. I've never once complained about the ancient one in Doctor Strange. Never. Mm-hmm. Didn't bother me. Never bothered me. Because of how good she, how good Tilda actually did the role. Didn't even care. But the thing about it now is Hollywood is obsessed with it. And I'll say they I go I say I forgot to say, you know, uh, woman washing like they will take something that's already brilliant and and do the swap just for clicks. I don't even think they care about the success of the film anymore. Madam Webb, what the fuck? (laughs) Y'all y'all laughing, but you got to say something. If Madam Webb had the same type of marketing as Barbie. We wouldn't be laughing because I guarantee you, Madam Webb, if you can convince enough people to get on some type of social awareness train in order to support that movie, they would have supported it. But it was just such a random, unnecessary movie that they just wanted to just do, have their female empowerment. They were like, fuck it. We're just going to throw this movie out there. And because today negative attention is is, is just as good as good attention. They didn't care. They don't care that right now they're being laughed at as the most flopped movie. Like the movie, this movie bombed. It basically has a one on Rotten Tomatoes. Guess what? We're still talking about it. That's what they care about. They don't care about the art. They don't care about the quality anymore. And that's fucked up. But I I would definitely tell people to watch the Book of Clarence Hmm. for their own um, interpretation. Yeah. And I just think that the movie was, I, I didn't I got nothing from it outside of the fact that, you know, because I know that side of the fence is they're satanic and they don't believe in God. I think that they just wanted to just show um, how much they could pretty much spit on his name. And I'm not even the biggest, you know, advocate of, you know, I'm not just the most like I I do consider myself a Christian, but I'm not um, the the cult like obsessive, obviously. Um but I do, I do look at this shit and be like, man, y'all not, y'all, y'all doing this with Christianity. I just don't think y'all would do this with, you know, you know, in a, in terms of uh, Muslims. I don't think they would do that. I think, I think they know, like, okay, we don't want to cross that line. But the one line we can cross is, is, is shitting on the on on right wing white Christians, not realizing that Christianity is a lot more than that. It's not just white Christians out there. It's, it's black Christians. <laughs> it's, you know what I'm saying? But their agenda is. Oh, we hate Christianity because that's the white man's religion. 
Bruh. One person said that they ran with it. I ironically miss the values of a Christian America in that era. I actually miss it. Bruh. I was watching. Pain and I went to a private school where they tried to get me to convert every single day I was there. So for me to say I miss Christian America is a huge thing. <laughs> Christian America actually had um they had principles. That's, that's what it, all, that's, that's, all, and that's, I, that's what it is. That that's what it comes down to. I'm telling you, bro. Watch watch some old school. I watch old like I watch, bro. I watch old Perry Mason. I was you know sometimes when I'm work, I had let, I had that shit playing, be laughing at some of the shit. And then the other day, I stumbled across the new Perry Mason. Mm. To actually sit there and compare both, I'm like, bro, why y'all do Perry Mason like this? Like yeah. Perry Mason is just this. He's just he's a whore broke <laughs> like i'm like this ain't the Perry mason i was just watching like because the values in 1940s and 50s you know outside of the race war and shit they actually stood on principles that at least made them look a little bit more respectable but the only thing that's gonna be that racism cloud it mm. it, it 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 destroys all of that that's that's what it was but there was a time in america where like you can say, like it makes sense when you hear people say we used to be a country, because we used to be a country, bro. We really did. I don't yeah. know what we are now. I do not know, bro. Like it's it's it's. I say weird at least twenty times a day. Shit is weird, bro. It's weird. Like I, I tried to watch one thing. Ten minutes in, they're talking about homosexuality. I'm like, bro, what does this have to do <laughs> with, with the swamps of New Orleans? <laughs> Why are you talking about some gay shit right now? Turn this shit up. I don't got time for it. You know that you know that meme that that has the the SpongeBob character that says I'm pussy with a question mark. Yeah. It basically <laughs> says I'm pussy with a period now. <laughs> like there's no question about it. Like no nobody's nobody's worried about about the United States anymore. And I was sitting there, I was having a conversation the other day. I was like, man, it sure is taking Russia a long time to whoop the Ukraine's ass. And when you look at it on the map, it's like shouldn't be taking y'all this long to whoop the Ukraine's ass. Yeah. But then it's kind of like, damn, it did take us a long time to get the fuck out of Afghanistan. <laughs> <laughs> The average person cannot get on a flight right now to the Ukraine mm. because it's all theater. It's all theater. Like, people want to believe that what Tucker Carlson did when he interviewed P Putin was like top tier journalism. No, you idiots. He was a part <laughs> of the establishment too. Why was he so comfortably able to go into Russia in mm. wartime? What are. His credentials are XXX. Mm. And even, even Putin said it was like, bro, I, I remember you was trying to get into the CIA. What you mean trying to get into the CIA? This man is in the CIA. Don't get it <laughs> twisted. Like, these dudes are all control ops. Like, you try to book a flight to the Ukraine, bro. Try to go out there and see what's going on. You're not, see, it's there's, not happening. There's cultural context to tie that back in that's also lost, right? So when you say Swamp Thing, why are 10 minutes, why are we, um, why is something homosexuality related? That's actually not homophobic if you factor in cultural context with how men think, first and foremost, and just our respective cultures. For example, in the barbershop, if one of us walked into a barbershop with, before a camera on, if you walked into a barbershop wearing a pink shirt, what would people say? You would get roasted in the barbershop. 
Yeah. So my point being is that there's like cultural context between all of us as men and in our respective cultures where that is part of it. Like roasting is part of our culture. So yeah. for example, if you roast someone who's gay, they, today that'd be considered homophobic because mm -hmm. the cultural context is lost. Mm -hmm. yeah. No, this is just how we talk and engage and have fun with one another. Like at the end of the day, we don't really care who you go to sleep with that night. No, or what you no, do in not at all. Life. It, we it, don't care at all, but they're trying to eradicate that cultural aspect by saying, by putting that moral virtual signaling layer on top of it. So where now you got to walk on eggs and eggs in uh what, what was that phrase? Eggshells around just being yourself. So now you're questioning your own re your own identity of like, oh, my sense of humor, I find this funny, okay. But now if I make this joke, is this person gonna get offended? Am I gonna lose my job? Am I gonna get written up? Am I going to lose friends? What's gonna happen? Am I gonna be secretly videotaped and put on X and go viral for something? So that is what I mean when I say that culturally, they're trying to eradicate what makes us us. And historically speaking, this is gonna be ironically racist, but white people, typically don't do well with nuance at all, historically, oh. which is why they can conquer and colonize countries and say, whatever you're doing here, whether it's worshiping idols, whether if it's living off the earth, whether if it's praying to the sun, it's wrong, do it our way. And because they lack that nuance of realizing that, yeah, we may have one way, and now when we go to a completely different part of this planet, people are doing things another way. And that's precisely what they're trying to get rid of. And I think that's the ultimate, the deeper, darker agenda is they don't want me to be Indian. They don't want you guys to be black in America and think as black men in America. They don't want me to be Indian and think like an Indian man in America. I come from a culture where we literally have billions of gods. We have gods who are women. We have gods who are men. We have gods who are elephants. We have gods who are tigers. We have, so for that is very challenging for me in America to be like, oh, I'm supposed to just think in a, bi a binary sense about things, or I'm supposed to just reduce things to either being transphobic, homophobic, or offensive, or racist. My mind doesn't work that way. I'm not letting anyone erase that. I don't care if I lose millions upon millions of dollars at some point. You are not taking away my ability and my cultural context for the way I view the world. Because at the end of the day, that is truly all that you have. Right, oh, so you can't, you can't, you can't take the money with you. You can't take the fame. You can't take anything. What you could possibly take is like, let's say, when we die, there's an imprint of your consciousness to some extent. So what you really have, or what, it, let's say, your soul is imprint, your consciousness at to some extent is imprinted on your soul. So what you really do die with is the metaphysical. You don't die with anything physical at all. So your own ability to think and rationalize things in the world, that's what they're trying to precisely eradicate. And I don't even think it's necessarily even just like conspiracy theory agenda at this point. If you just bring all the pieces to the table and start putting them together, whether it's intentional or possibly it's not intentional, that is what's happening. They don't want that cultural context to be present and they want everyone feeling guilty and questioning, especially minorities, because uh, we obviously don't have any leverage and shit anyways, and that's just the fact of it. We've never had leverage, because this, this place was not for us. Like, the American dream is the greatest marketing ploy of all time.
to convince phrase. immigrants in other countries to come to America because they can have a better life is absolutely crazy. And when you think about the amount of people that did that, insane. And that's why America is what it is. And we just all have to realize that it's that this was never a place for us. And at the very best, what we can do is just be aware of what's going on. And, and then the senseless entitlement that Americans have that they think they can go to another country with no yeah. plan and no job and no money and think that they're going to thrive. <laughs> people really look at New York like it's the toughest place on earth. Like it's yeah. really people that think that. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, y'all got rats. All right. Y'all <laughs> got guns. I'm, I'm, I'm from New York. Okay. Y'all have violence. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> trust me. Like, it's, 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 you're in America. You're going to deal with rats. You're going to deal with gun violence somewhere. Mm-hmm. You're going to deal with crime in general somewhere. Like, I mean, just, you know, thinking about the little girl. Like, the little girl probably was in a more safer part of Houston, and it still happened to her. So I mean, like, she was she was in Livingston. You're, you're yeah. north of Houston. You're in the country. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, they didn't. When you got your gun, they didn't stop making more. <laughs> Damn. But I mean, that shit's real though. I mean, like you said, bro. Like they don't want people to be individuals. Like I literally watched an argument online where they, people were like, uh, "Individualism. That's that you you're you if you believe in individualism, you, you're liberal." What? Bro, what are you talking about, bro? Like, yeah. <laughs> being an individual, just to me, if since you want to go there, like I, as I was reading, I'm just looking at it like, man, at the end of the day, man, my allegiance is with Earth for mm. the most part. I didn't choose to be in America. I was, you know, at the end of the day, like I didn't choose to be black, didn't choose to be in America, didn't choose to be a man. You know what I'm saying? This is, this was fate. This is what, this is the life that I was given. I'm living it. And as I live it, I think one of the weirdest things in the world is to show allegiance to a country that I didn't choose to be in. Mm. You know, and, and, and I'm, I'll be the first to tell you, like, I like it here. I don't think I don't think that you're going to go anywhere else and just fit in like that. Like like you said, like the like they had that lady went to, I don't know where she went to, but she basically ended up homeless. Yeah, yeah, she ended up homeless. It's like, I wouldn't even think in a million years to go to Thailand to start a new life, just based on the fact that I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna think, what the fuck is the demographic? Like, I don't want to, you know, I, I don't necessarily feel good knowing that I'm gonna live the rest of my life being the sore thumb, sticking out. Like, that's just weird. I would rather go somewhere where I'm gonna be comfortable. That's why I was like, how come this chick didn't go to South Africa? Like, why you didn't go to Africa in general? But y'all swear to God, y'all be so pro-black. And people would be like, oh, you know, I want to go to a black business, you know, black owned. But the, but when it comes down to where you live in, you ain't thinking about that. You ain't trying to go to a, a black owned apartment complex or a primarily black apartment complex or a primarily black neighborhood. So I just thought that was interesting. Like, out of all the places in the world, you chose Thailand. Interesting. So... I'm I'm fine with where I am, bro. Just based on the fact that I know I'm gonna see people that look like me, may not think like me, but you know we're all ingrained in American culture. Uh, I don't think it takes long. I think American culture is pretty simple. It's it's laughable, um, but you know I'm comfortable here. I, I feel like I feel like I can go anywhere in this country. I wouldn't want to. Yeah. Uh, 
because like I said, I, I prefer not to stick out like a sore thumb. I like to be able to just maneuver, navigate, and blend in when I can. But uh, man, I, I, I will, that's one thing I will never let them do is is take away my, the ideals that I have in my head and how I see the world. Because the way I see the world right now, um, I don't hate it, but a lot of things do disgust me though. And like I said, I'm a I'm a I'm a huge lover of art, mm. so. I hate the direction art is going uh, or I'll hate the direction art has gone. Cause I don't even think a lot of these writers, directors, whatever you want to call them. I don't think that outside of the top five, the top 10, maybe I don't think that they have a lot of creative control and a lot of them are just puppets. And it's so unfair to work your, to, to, to get to the point where you're the master of your craft or somebody wants to give you millions of dollars and then they tell you, but you got to do it this way. That fucking sucks. Yeah. Worse, worse feeling. Fucking sucks. It's like, it, it makes me always think about when sometimes you guys will joke about how uh, women think that you're misogynistic, Welly. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I always, because we know you, I was like, I, well, he's not misogynistic. You just have to respect his perspective on the world. And there's a difference between misogyny and someone's perspective and the way they think about things or perceive things. Like, that's the context that is lost. In my opinion. <sighs> <laughs> like, he's I a just... thinker. You, got, you don't realize he's a thinker. He thinks about many things. It's very obviously likely that he would think about women and then reflect upon his experiences with women, and then obviously then shape his perspectives and revolved around those expected, uh, those uh, experiences and things that he observes. That's not misogyny. That is just called living. <laughs> like, there are just so many words that shouldn't have been taught to women. Yeah, <laughs> it's just they, they shouldn't have been taught. All right, so that's gonna be hard to defend. That's not misogyny. <laughs> I'm the, I, I, bro. I mean, it, it, I, I need that, you know. I know. It's, I'm just it's, yeah, it, it's funny, but at the same time, it's like, bro, you got to be serious in terms of, like, because this is what it comes down to. Hmm. It's the liberal approach, just the leftist approach to everything, to where I can easily say, if every man is a misogynist, then no man is a misogynist. That's just the way we are. Just like if you say everybody's racist, then nobody's racist. Motherfuckers just had their different opinions on race. You know what I'm saying? Logic. It, a, a male opinion is misogynist. Hmm. It's going to be misogynistic or sexist in one way or another. That's And at this point, to me, it's fine. I don't, I don't support trans and all that stuff. Am I, that doesn't mean I'm anti. I just don't bother you with that shit. That shit means nothing to me. It's yeah. just leave, just keep that shit away from my front door. Do if that's you. how you want to live your life? Go live that. You don't that's have to come it. force that on me. You don't. I'm not gonna force heterosexuality on you. I'm not gonna. You know. You don't have to force your. You know. Gay, lesbian, trans, whatever. You don't have to force that on me. You just be you. Like I like. Things. Like I'm from the south, so my first instinct is always to say, you know, hey, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, you know, to whoever. So, and eventually I'm going to come across somebody that doesn't identify as what I perceive them to be. You correct me, that's fine, because that's who you want to be. If you look like a man and want to be called a woman, I will call you ma'am while I'm in your presence. That's fine, because that's who you want to be. But if I tell you that I'm a sir and you say, oh, I don't recognize gender, 
we got an issue because I just told you <laughs> what I am. Yeah. Don't don't refer to me as 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 they them. Um, I'm I'm he. I'm shamble God. I'm the goat. <laughs> like, you know these are you these are the terms you can refer to me by. And if you can't respect that, then I can't respect you. It's very simple. It's not rocket science at all. When the when when the when when acad when academia chose to get behind this pronoun nonsense, mm-hmm. that's when I realized we were in trouble. Because the things that these big bureaucratic slash capitalistic corporations get behind, it's usually not for the better. So the whole pronoun objective that was basically set forth like in like 2015 to see how far they've come, it's it's actually scary, but it goes to show oh, it's wild. I, I keep telling people that when those people have a mission, no matter how many people push back, they just keep going. They just keep on going. And once they start paying the right people, trust and believe there's no beating them like i'm talking about my professors and i'm talking about emails that i get people's taglines are he him her she them they like i'm seeing this is normal this is a part of normal society now not realizing that just six seven years ago that didn't even matter it didn't matter I didn't need to like your pronoun. I would just call you your name. Just tell me your name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or I'm gonna go off the safest identifier, and it's no insult to you, sir or ma'am. But and I'm gonna just are... trust my eyes. I'm just gonna do the eye test. God bless me with the vision, and I'm just going to look at you. And based on that, that's it. I just because we I personally... all know. Sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just I just I just pray to God that I don't have to, I, you know, I keep my circle small enough so I don't have the to deal with, these with people. the pronouns is that we all know people who have pronouns in their bio and we all know them personally to know that their gender and identity was not a part of their experience. So nope. the fact that you're having it and then you're going to say I'm putting it to raise awareness for something. Well, how did raising awareness for racism do with the black Instagram square? How did the Ukraine flag raising awareness for that? How did that go? So did the world change? No, it did not change. Is anything gonna change? No, it's not gonna change. So why are you doing it? Why do you why like why do people just fall into exactly what's expected of them? NPCs. I think people need to start surprising us more. Say Keith, we didn't ask you to come cook. <laughs> we, didn't ask, we didn't ask you for all that. <laughs> hey. Making it easy, man. Hey, <laughs> making it real easy. I'm just chilling. Like, I know, I, I know Indian women who have that now. It's like that's never, that's literally never culturally been part of our experience. And mythologically, we've had transgenders in our stories, and it's still never been part of our day-to-day experience here. Why is that in your bio? If you could say, like, okay, it's in my bio because, like I said, I want to raise awareness. Okay, cool. Then just say I'm doing that to raise awareness. Be honest with it, because the wild part is, is when you ask them that question, why did you, why, why is that there? There's typically no response, because they can't even generate like a, like a comprehensive thing of this is why I'm doing it. And then you kind of just start to see like the gear on. It's like you asking a 
from Blade Runner. It's like asking a uh, replicant, are you a human or are you a re replicant? And then they have that moment of like, what am I? Wait, hold up. How did, how, how did I get here? How did this happen? <laughs> it's wild shit. And none of and, and the and the the craziest part is this is just how we think. So if if how we think, if you're gonna reduce how someone thinks to being phobic about something, then you're once again, you are falling into exactly what the agenda is, and that is to eradicate context and consciousness and critical thinking. That's it. You you are you've already fallen so deep into it now. You just dug schools. Start at the schools now. That's why. That's why when you when you talk about you know minimizing the qualifications to be an airplane pilot, yeah, it's it's fortunate for us that it's actually they can't do that. Like the air the airplane industry is they're obviously funding you know pilot schools. They mm -hmm. can't allow themselves to fund a a, a black pilot just because he's a black pilot. If he doesn't pass the shit that needs to be passed. I can't put That's you in the air because you're going to kill people. Yeah. So you talk about lives at risk in that sense, airplane industry can't take that chance. But when you look at another industry, which is in the school industry, public school mm -hmm. industry, they don't, they, they don't give a shit. Like we're going to tell you what to teach. We're going to tell you what to do. And we don't care how much of a joke it is. Like you have, you literally have classes in certain cities where they're teaching like, drag classes they're teaching sex ed from like a, a a queer perspective like this is really going on in this country this is being funded by taxpayers in places and they don't even know and they can't do anything about it because they don't know crazy what a time the dystopian ass reality is what we live in and and to speak about when you say you ask somebody, um, why is the problem? Why are you doing it? You're like, mm -hmm. why are you doing it? I was thinking about why such a, a big fuss about female, like, like femme, like female um, heroine. You know, like, like that. I saw like what in regards to like Madam Madam Webb, they were like, oh yeah, we you know female empowerment. And I'm like, and I was just looking. I was like, do you know that? In the 21st century, there really isn't any memorable female heroine anymore. Like mm -hmm. when you, the minute y'all start making a fuss about it, y'all actually got worse. It when actually you think got, about, ironically got worse. Yeah, when you think about the primary female characters that we grew up on, mm -hmm. they're 20th century, and like we, nobody said anything. We loved them. Like we loved Tomb Raider. We loved Resident Evil. You know what I'm saying? Sarah like, Connor. We we love Sarah yeah. Connor. We wasn't tripping. <laughs> we we personally didn't start having a problem with it until it got to the point where it's like, okay, y'all are going out of y'all's way to be yeah, like, yeah. we do it. That's better. all it is. Yeah. Like, wow, alien. Nobody was tripping, bruh. Nobody was tripping. But now it's Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween, like, <laughs> dog. Real shit, yeah. We was not tripping. It was it was great for Hollywood. It was great. It was a great moment. The movies were good. They cast good female leads, and it was no social or political agenda behind it. It was just this makes sense for this story. Now I'm watching shit, and it's like 
then you just gotta say something negative about men. Like they they're gonna go out of their way and be like da 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 this about men or oh this is how we do. This is corny. This is cringe. Don't mm-hmm. do it. Just get on with the story. Just get Jeremy on. Jeremy Piven in Rush Hour too. You could argue that was the funniest scene in the movie. Which one? <laughs> Jeremy Piven in Rush Hour too. Oh, he was a gay dude when they're when they're chopping for a tuck. Not for the suits, yeah. <laughs> Are you going to say that's an amazing scene? It's like, you don't have to come and say, yo, we had a, a Jeremy Piven cameo and he's playing a gay character for all the gay people in, across the was, world. It, was, it wasn't forced, bro. It was natural. It wasn't forced. You it see wasn't the, bro, I was watching forced. Batman the other day, animated, the animated series, and it was a scene on there. Uh, well, not, not the Batman. It was, it was one of the newer ones, my bad. And it was a scene on there where the dude that was, um, his um, stylist was gay. And like he was extra as fuck, and it was hilarious because it was like, I mean, this makes sense. It's <laughs> real, and yeah. it was like it wasn't like he he shouted his uh his uh sexuality out. It was just like, okay, this dude is being extra flamboyant, and mm. it makes sense because a lot of male stylists that's how they are. But in Swamp Thing, bro, I'm talking about after it was it's, the, the the show starts, it's a couple deaths. And then it goes to another scene where this where this lady, which I, I already know that they're gonna they're gonna make her, you know, god of the show. But this lady, you know, <laughs> she saves these little this kid from this village or whatever, and it just all of a sudden she's talking to her Asian coworker, and then they start talking about you know finding a boyfriend for each other. And I'm like, what are we doing here? It's not real. This 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 not realistic. This this doesn't feel. Real. And it doesn't further the plot. It doesn't. In a personal argument down, like, well, how that's that's how coworkers talk. Bro, they're literally in the middle of a jungle dealing with like a bubonic plague or some shit. I don't think two coworkers are sitting here thinking about dick right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just don't think so. You, you know, after we get this cure, you know what I can go for? A round of dick. <laughs> I just don't think that that's occurring. I think if anything, they're like they're like, man, man, I'm I can't wait to get home, to get some rest. Or, yeah, or like, man, I need to go get tested, make sure I'm still good. Like that's the, <laughs> they're in this motherfucker talking about going on dates. Like this, this, this. Y'all just had to put this in here because y'all wanted to make sure that y'all had y'all moment to virtue signal. And I'm like pretty it. sure Swamp Thing was was solid. I heard good things about Swamp Thing, but. That shit is just annoying to me, dog, when I'm just trying to enjoy a show and get to the characters. I want to know what Swamp Thing is about. Not these side characters on a gay quest. I don't care. <laughs> like, like, like at the beginning of Endgame, when Captain America's at that group therapy session or whatever, and the guy's like, you know, I went on my first date, you know, and, and, and then, you know, they made sure that they, they said, oh, this man, he was on a date with another man. You could have completely left gender out of that. And be like, you know, when the when the, when the check came, you know, we both cried because this is this is the new normal. Because you know, and and without any kind of gender being mentioned in there, you still could have had that effect. You could have personalized that yourself. If somebody was gay watching it, they could have personalized that. Somebody heterosexual watching it, they could have personalized that. Leave but you it had to, to put it in there. Leave it to mm. your imagination, bro. Just like what they used to say, you know, happily ever after. They live happily ever after. Nobody knows what that looks like. No, they, just, yeah. they just they just left it to their yeah. imagination, and that's how it should be. But the art is gone now. You used to look at art, and you it was up to your interpretation. Yeah. They're telling you what to think now. 
they're like you keep saying with this DEI thing. Mm-hmm. Motherfuckers argue argue down, oh, you know, it's really about diversity. No, it's not. No, it's not. They have an agenda. And what they consider diversity is probably two or three groups. The rest of you groups are scum. Mm. There's no real, there's no, because when you really come, like, I see it at work. Like, the internet, like Dave Chappelle said, it's, unfortunately, he said it's not a real place, but it's a real place in a matter of, it's motherfuckers out here that really think like this. One thing I've, and I'm going to keep saying is, most motherfuckers are very schizophrenic in terms of their social media personality. Because I know that I probably work with motherfuckers that probably have right-wing nationalist page. Then again, yeah. on the other side, I know I've worked with, with a chick that probably does witchcraft on the internet. Just yeah. You just have to find, you know what I'm saying? Like I know I do, but when they're on that call or we're in meetings, everybody's professional. Mm-hmm. Everybody's on their best behavior. Everybody's ready for society. Because real world, real society, that's how you got to navigate. At the, at, at the, you you may hate this motherfucker guts on the, on the side of you, but you're gonna keep it professional, and that's how America was at one point. America at one point was, uh, you know, motherfuckers always oh, you talk about man. I used to be able to leave my door open. We went from leaving the door unlocked to a motherfucker having a ring doorbell as a doorknob. Like, don't come <laughs> don't come on my porch without you. You you finna see multiple CCTVs. At a as a resident at a residential home, bro, motherfuckers have security systems. That was shit that the rich folks was doing. Yep. You going, you going middle America. You go over where a place where two hundred thousand dollar homes, CCTV whole security network. We ain't just putting up ADT, you know, alarm system. You get the alarm system. You are gonna get the CCTV. You gonna be able to see it on your phone, your computer. Shit, crazy, bro. We scared of each other. We don't even want to be around each other no more. A lot of that shit has to do with the internet. It really does, yeah. That's where the internet is real. Yeah. And that starts happening. Because it has a real impact. This yeah. shit ain't for fun. Like, you, we may laugh at shit, may be entertained by a lot of that shit, but this shit is really impacting lives. I mean, 90, 99% of the COVID propaganda stem from social media. When you ask people about their real experiences about COVID, a lot of times it was fairly mixed. Mm. But when you went online, you would swear everybody would be ha- would have masks on because they wanted them on. Because everybody on that bitch was virtue signaling until the truth started coming out. Truth started coming out, man. Now you only see <laughs> the you only see the true NPCs with masks on these days. They either they either NPCs or they really have you know you know you know autoimmune deficiency, but a lot of them are staying in the house now. I think they said uh, roughly 10% of the uh, population since COVID has stayed home. Like a lot of people literally stay home. So COVID created a, a group of people that have remained reclusive since. That's crazy. If motherfuckers weren't agoraphobic before 2020, you created 10% more. Like you got 10% more motherfuckers that are scared to go outside. If that's even the right phobia, but yeah, you know my point. Okay. And you got the the greatest data testing in the world because now you know who is going to react exactly if there's you 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 have all that data now. You know that if there's another crisis, people are going to go buy toilet paper. 
<laughs> you know who's going to do that. You know who is going to go get a vaccine with multiple boosters and still end up getting COVID six months later. <laughs> you know that now. They have all that data. It's a wrap. It's a wrap for everyone. And it, when you think about AI, all AI was was just to, all social media is at this point is just to get data. That's all it was. It's all it was. And what the future is now, you got AI. And AI is built on that data. So the domino effect is right there. This, this Sam Altman guy isn't a genius. I mean, he's Jewish. He's a Jewish gay guy. <laughs> and he had connections. He's not doing anything special. He's just the face of something that's about to take over the world. And it slowly has already. Because in order to do what he did, you have to have connections. The, a, mm-hmm. the AI that he's running, like, come on, bro. He's basically tapped into Google. He's just, you, you ask AI something, it's just going to search Google real fast and spit out some shit. It's going to search different social media personalities and spit out some shit. In order to get that type of connection, you got to be a Sam Altman. We're talking about the biggest data, possibly data pharma on, on the planet. How do the you data, get the, the, the data form that knows exactly what your most inner, inner, innermost personal questions are at three o'clock in the morning and, and literally everything about you from what you eat to what you search for to what you like to read, what you like to consume, what your feelings, what you're thinking, what you're planning on doing, what you're planning on planning on doing, <laughs> who you're stalking. You ain't got to think no more. Remember that movie Ex Machina? I love that movie. Yeah, where he, at the end he was he asked him he was like, "Did you design um, the the robot based off my sexual history, my sexual search history?" Remember that part? No, damn. With Ava, well, not that you said, say. Yeah, yeah. He said Ava. He asked. Uh, I forgot Isaac Oscar Isaac's character's name. He asked him. He's like, "Did you did you design Ava based off my sexual search history?" And the guy didn't have anything to say. He just, kind of like, he, he just kind of shrugged, like, Ugh. You got me. You got me. How else do you do it? That's it, bro. Because when it all comes down to it, it's, it's, it's customer satisfaction. So when, you, when, you, when you're doing something like that, you want to make sure that the customer's satisfied. The best way to know mm. if the customer's satisfied is hopefully you got some data to go off of. Hopefully you got some way to... To, to, to looking, I mean, it's almost like getting a gift for somebody. What you gonna do? You're trying to get a gift for your girl. You're gonna ask her best friend. You're gonna ask her mom. You know what I'm saying? Now nah, we ain't gotta do that. Internet search history. <laughs> what they looking at? It's like the explore page on Instagram. What they looking at? I don't even have to do the observations myself anymore. You don't. Like I said, you ain't gotta think no more. Don't have to uh, think anymore. Literally, at least. 30 years of internet data being collected and then you got people like somebody like my son that you know they've probably been online since they were six seven years old so mm. they 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 saw his transition child adolescence adult you can you do so many comparison models you could build so many personalities bro we probably got people on Mars right now, cyborgs and shit interacting. <laughs> Who knows? Probably. All kind of crazy shit. I mean, it, it, it's by the time 
by the time like cyborgs and androids are walking around, they're going to test us and see if we're able to know if somebody's an android. And I guarantee you there's going to be a time before we pass where you will be interacting with motherfuckers. It's like you got a second look. You, I mean, they maybe look like they transgender, but they fuck around and be a cyborg or android. That's that time is coming. It sounds and it's crazy, not just coming, it's, coming. it's like swiftly approaching. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even in the distant future. And and, and, and when I say that, mm. I'm not even talking about like necessarily like artificial skin and this person that like I'm talking about people that you could be walking and they're totally controlled by something that's not even there. Like you basically dealing with motherfuckers avatars because this motherfucker like Neuralink is just one step. And I think he has supposedly had one successful uh, trial so far. But that's just one step. Like if you're talking about somebody that's able to write and and move mouses and shit Mm -hmm. because they're Bluetooth connected to something. Just (laughs) think about that. Like the motherfucker just be sitting in bed. Just think about what a what a motherfucker that does not want to leave the house can do. Scary. Yeah. So if you're ta- like you got Neuralink and it's a Bluetooth, bro, that'd be just think about that technology. <laughs> bro, that's wild, dog. And it's wild. But it's so fitting for this world because motherfuckers are lazy, dog. I think yeah. I think one of the things that definitely uh, was ca- was a catalyst of uh, like the pandemic and all that shit was people's urge to do less. Mm. At that point, people started real. I think it was like people had epiphanies and they just got to the point they were like, "Bruh, I can enjoy life so much more if I was required to do less and I have less <laughs> responsibilities." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? People for a moment know what it felt like to be rich. I guess people were like, "Damn." I got all this money and I don't have to work for it. So for three or four months, people felt like, oh, this is what the wealthy live like. Not realizing like, no, you are on an extended vacation that's not going to benefit you. Yes. And I I swear to God, look, I truly believe the pandemic was an attack on the poor. And we're seeing it today. Like they literally, the way that shit was executed from an economical standpoint, there's no way in the world that they didn't think, I don't care who the president was, that we were going to be in the situation we are in today. Like this shit, in this shit that we're dealing with as far as inflation, $6 pound of ground beef, that shit was inevitable. You cannot shut down supply chains and you cannot have. Uh, multiple cargo containers on the ocean stranded and think nobody's going to pay the price for that shit. Like, come on, bro. And all that did was put poor people more at risk because if you were already poor then, mm-hmm. you're poorer now. You like, like, we, like we talked about, it, you just expedited the process. That's it. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that Hillary lost. I'm always going to say that. I feel like yeah. when Hillary lost... This was the plan B. COVID was plan B, and it was and it, and it took it to an extreme that a lot of people, I know, a lot of people regret. And now, before they before they exit the White House, they're using Ukraine the Ukraine as this their other money laundering tactic 
Because the more shit that they send out there, bro, that shit doesn't benefit us, dog. It just doesn't. (laughs) It doesn't. Keeping Ukraine safe, what does that do for America? You sent so much to the Ukraine, you probably could have ended violence in Chicago by now. (laughs) Ten times over. Ten times over. Chicago would look like an episode of The Simpsons if you would have invested in your own people. And guess what? This summer, that's going to be part of the campaign trail. We're going to we're going to fix inner cities in Chicago. We're going to we're going to. And it's like at some point, again, when because does the onus. Go ahead. When does the onus just come on the uh, a human being to be like, yeah, yeah, but y'all just had an opportunity to do shit. You didn't do it. <laughs> But you still yeah. want my vote? <laughs> you just I, I, I seen Joe Biden sitting down eating fried chicken and fries with black people talking about basketball. It's already yeah. here. The pandering <laughs> is already Biden here. Because in your mind, if you're going to get 50% white and 50% white for Republican and Democrat, all right, now, now let me look at these minorities. I need I need this 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 13% or whatever. No, they've always been the X factor. And the thing that people don't realize is when you're dealing with an X factor like that, especially an X factor that's not that intelligent collectively, if you can get them to buy in by getting their own people to be your puppets, basically, <laughs> like. Fannie Willis or Fannie Willis. I know you said you don't know know about her, Jay, but she's an embarrassment, bro. Like the way she like people will look at her accomplishments as far as, you know, get it, you know, thriving in the political world and the law world or whatever. But you can't ignore the fact that she has zero class and the way she presented herself the other day when she was being, you know, basically interrogated it was wild because i didn't see one person that could say oh well if that was a white person because she was up there i would say more disrespectful than i've ever seen any white person or hispanic person has been on a stand before i'm like bro the dude even the the the, uh, the dude said hey can can we uh can we make sure that we uh, list her as a hostile witness? Because that's how, bro, that's how bad it was, bro. And I had never witnessed something like that. I'm like, dog, it is a wild time in America when a black woman can get up here and be like just super disrespectful in a, in a, in a case where it looks like you did a whole lot wrong as far as ethics go. And like, mm-hmm. Ethics, bro. Like, I mean, that's really what the trial is about. It's about ethics, and it's and, and to the most part, it's like, do you are you morally sound enough to be able to bring these charges against Trump? And you'll realize that a lot of these people that are attacking them, they can't. But guess what? They have the establishment there to protect them. Nothing better than that. Like like I said, if they could get Taylor Swift to endorse a party, that's the election right there. Do you that's, know? Do you that's not 18 understand? To 30. Yeah. That is so in. That's so NPC ish, to literally make a decision based off of somebody that you can't even relate to. You can't. Yeah. The the 
Bro. Even the most suburban little white girl probably can't relate to to Taylor Swift. Like you just can't right now. She could she can make. Let me be clear. These artists know how to make relatable music, but I'm mm. saying as a person, mm-hmm. you haven't done, you haven't seen, you don't know who Taylor Swift really is. You you're just not taking see, a private flight to get Chipotle. No, you're, <laughs> you're seeing an image. You don't know these people, bro. Like, you don't know these people. You don't know these people. And people, people will defend them as if they know them. They'll defend them more than they defend their own friends. And that is insane. And that's when I know America is lost, bro. Like, motherfuckers. Nah, it's a wrap. There's the, it's a train with no brakes. What used to be a country? It used to be a country. <laughs> what do you think is worse? Maybe we can end on this now. What do you think is more of an issue? Classism or racism? Oh, it's definitely classism now. It's just mm. because modern society doesn't really take words seriously. Mm. You can pretty much just they're they're one in the same. But with them being one in the same, they're still a problem. But for the most part, like I said, when I'm th- when I'm thinking about Black Hollywood. I can't fuck with Black Hollywood because I know what Black Hollywood stands for. And as of right now, Black Hollywood basically, I mean, they stand for everything that the left stands for. Mm. Because a lot of them know that if they don't if they don't get in line, they don't get those positions. Y'all saw it with Jonathan Majors. Jonathan Majors clearly did something. He did something. Oh yeah. Mm. But the crazy thing is, for a little bit he was in line. Like you know, he he I've seen him do things where I'm like, ah, oh, man, he becoming one of them. And I maybe maybe he had enough and was like, I'm not doing this no more. And it was like, you got to go to him. Crazy. We'll fix you. Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, honestly, bro, there aren't many. I don't, I can't really name anybody in Black Hollywood outside. Of, I mean, the people that you can name in Black Hollywood that are probably standing up for something that kind of shows that they have some integrity they have already been listed as crazy and insane. So how can you really, how can you get behind them? And, you know, those names are obvious because there's not many. Mm. But you go to the other side, you know, it's a little bit different. Like you, you got your Joe Rogans, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's, a, it's a lot of Joe Rogans out there that aren't scared to speak. Might not be as popular as Joe Rogan, but. They're going to say what they have to say. I think that those guys are industry plants as well, but at least they have the balls to say something that's opposite of the of the popular message. Mm. You know? And, and, it's, and the crazy thing is, it's some famous ones, too. Like, Elon, for Elon to be on the side of uh, critical thinking in terms of, you know, the so, the social part and politics, mm-hmm. that's that's huge. That That's a, that's a, it's a little bit of hope, but it's mm. not enough, bro. Because just based on the fact, like I said, you have the you have the you have the X factors mm. that are basically NPCs, and then you have you when you have Hollywood and academia, that's tough to beat, bro. That's tough. Yeah. But like you said, man, it's a wrap. Like I, and, and, and like you said, to even I even have a question. And my last question would be, and this is a funny one. What do you think has been more damaging to 
America in a sense of like its impact on the average motherfucker. When I say Disney mm. or hip hop. Ooh. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a tough one. I don't, I don't think it's tough. I think it's good, but I don't think it's tough. Really? What, what would I, you say? I, I think Disney has easily been more damaging because mm-hmm. it takes you away from the real. Hip-hop tells you a lot of the, a lot of the real shit that's going on. Just think, think, think Brenda's got a baby. Just, just, just think of, of, of everything where um, even, even Slick Rick, children's story. That is something that could really happen or probably really did happen. And it's a story being retold. Disney is telling you to kiss frogs and turn them into princes. Disney is telling you that there's a fairy tale at the end of every single rainbow. And that's not the case. Hip hop is telling you, no, you know, here, here's the minorities, the downtrodden in this country. This is what we're living through. And we have to in, in turn celebrate being on government assistance. We have to celebrate being on welfare. That's why you have old dirty bastard going to to the the welfare office in a limousine. Be like we have to celebrate these 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 fails that the American society has put on us. And then you take a turn and you look at Disney and Cinderella, the overlooked stepdaughter to somebody ends up with Prince Charming or whoever and becomes, you know, wealthy overnight. That's not that's not real. Mm. Uh, I guess I'll let you uh, answer last. For me, um, I felt it was Disney too, um, but I also felt that they both were equally responsible for damaging America from a perception, like how how do people perceive? So the hip hop that you talk about. It's more old school hip hop. It's more old school conscious hip hop. When you look at what hip hop has mutated into and the fact that it's so commercialized and it's it's pretty much in everybody's home. Now it comes down to how it's perceived. And because people like to live in fantasy, I can imagine that a lot of the destruction and dysfunction that you see in America is because somebody sees um, somebody sees a video where they're, you know, showing guns and doing, like you say, the limousine, like they look at poverty as cool. They look at being downtrodden as cool. So if they perceive it as cool, that's damaging. So a lot of people take hip hop and want to live in the fantasy of what they believe it is. I was looking at the all-star game and I saw like little white kids in the stand, you know, you had an all-star game in Indianapolis. I mean, there are hoods in there are hoods in Indiana, you know, shot Fort Wayne, like Gary, you go down, don't get it twisted. But oh. these suburban white kids that were at this all-star game with their great seats were basically, you know, basically throwing up gang signs, you know, oh. and just their mannerisms was like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? And that's the effect that hip hop has had on society because people saw it, people see it, they perceive it as cool and they imitate it, not realizing that should get you killed. And same thing with Disney. If people perceive Disney as reality, they're gonna be they're gonna be heartbroken. They're gonna grow up being these women that think relationships are perfect because you have to leave it to imagination. What a happily ever after meant. What does that What does that mean? That meant that they lived happily ever after. There were no problems 
after this after this movie shuts off, after this story is over, there were no problems. Time was mm. a time was had. They went on trips. He, they, she was taken care of. Princess treatment. So the perception of these she things. She had no been, more worries. And a lot of people that grew up on that, especially millennials, that grew up on that, that is their programming. And when they can't uh, obtain that type of happiness that they created in their minds by watching this shit, mm. it's damaging, dog. I would say that not necessarily in the context of reflection, maybe like subject matter wise or material wise or content wise between Disney or hip hop. But I would say that infiltration of hip hop is probably the most damning thing. Um, Because if you think about the cultural context of the creation, hip hop may have been the only leverage that black america had in terms of something that would be gate kept by them and 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 in terms of influential in terms of the way it could spread throughout the entire world right so hip-hop to me is there's literally a book on the history of hollywood and it says when the jews invented hollywood that's the title of the book oh yeah i know that book yeah, yeah. So hip hop to me is kind of parallel to that. And I feel like it would have been an incredible, I guess this would just be uh, an alternate timeline to know if that leverage was not infiltrated. Because that in- essentially controls everything. Once you're, you're, you're controlling the type of music, you're controlling the subject matter of the music, you're controlling certain brands that get amplified. Like, why do people care about? Gucci and Louis and shit like that. Amiri. Like, I be seeing shit. I'm like, why, <laughs> exactly. why are y'all rocking this? Where did this come from? Like, this is weird. Why do we care about televisions in the back of our car seats? How are those televisions doing today? Right? It's stu- so that that infiltration, I think, is is uh, problematic the, because, again... The materialistic aspect, for sure, that's... Because who is that serving? Because it's not serving anyone. No, no minority owns those companies that it's serving. Nope. And now there's this thing of like, get where we want to be part, or we want to have a seat at the table, or we want to be in the room. But it's like, that's still not ownership. If I'm Tim Cook and I own Apple, I could bring anyone in there. It doesn't mean you get to run shit at Apple. You could <laughs> exactly. be a fly on the wall if you want. I don't know what that's doing for you. <laughs> but you could, be a, you could gladly be a fly on the wall. Like, all right, yeah, I'll take the, the positive press release of how we let so-and-so into the room. So I think that would have been really interesting. That'd actually be a really fun story to write, too, of like a, 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 an alternate reality where like hip-hop wasn't infiltrated. And it was like this... this, this behemoth that white people could not get a hold of and could not not only infiltrate but influence with their resources their money and their perspective on things that would that would be a really cool story to tell but yeah i think in that case i would say hip-hop for that reason is because because no minority has leverage in hollywood and has not infiltrated hollywood and and they won't it's just it's that it's it's not so unless we create a hip a new version of hip hop, whatever that is, unless we create a new version of Hollywood, we have no hope. I think as, uh, as we don't 
because we have no leverage. That's just that's just like that's it. That's the fundamental reality. We can call it racism. We can call it classism. We can call it privilege. We can call it uh, a lack of resources. The the reality is we have no leverage in anything. I don't know if y'all ever been to like a a, a Brazilian buffet or whatever. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the, the cooking is good. It's good. And that's that's America. America is a, a, it's a it's a Brazilian buffet. It's just a lot of cooking going on. Check your pick. It's cooked. You can get it well done. You can get it crispy. It's it's done, bro. It's it's. Mm-mm. But you when you when you finish when you when you're done that Fogo Day child, what you doing? You 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 gonna loosen that belt and you gonna go lay down. And that's all you can do in America right now. It's a wrap. Just go later. And that's the and America. I mean, see, you could think about as an outsider in a foreign country, you could look and say America is an embarrassment. But I actually think America is playing chess in a way that other people are, simply through uh, certain things. Now, for example, the reach of America, you now are leveraging America's reach in areas that you typically wouldn't. So now when you go to places like India, you go to places like, for example, you see what China does. China doesn't allow any internet access at all. Why do they do that? We don't want you guys influencing our population here in any way because we know what's going to come of it. We know that. We did, exactly. So now you got girls in India who are in high school and college and historically, culturally, you're not, you're not supposed to be twerking on uh, TikTok or Instagram Reels. And, and boy shorts, like to, to even, you probably would never even see your wife in boy shorts, much less a, a, just a random Indian woman in boy shorts. But, <laughs> but, but what's happened now? You could open my, I could open my IG Explore page and just show you Indian women twerking. Where is that, where is that coming from? It's coming from America. And it's coming from uh, a culture America has infiltrated. Yep. And abused, and will continue to do so until this is so tacky. But until like people realize it, and I'm not saying wake up and there should be like a revolution. Maybe there should be. Maybe there shouldn't be. But at least be aware of what the hell is going on. That's it. Awareness is the fundamental thing. If you could be aware of it, everything then, has. Then there's hope. It's not that deep. Yeah. When I see no, that right? shit, it's, it's not deep. that deep. Nah, bro, it is. When it's even deeper than about, you think, if we're being honest. Yeah, when you're talking future generations. Like, I've been talking about the slippery slope for years now. And motherfuckers was like, oh, I'm just this slippery slope shit. It's like, bruh, between 2016 to 2024, when I see, when I say the changes I've seen and just how people move and what people consider as important, what people let slide, like, man. It used to be corny to talk about politics. These kids now grow up with obsessed with politics. And it's like, how did that happen? You think that was you think that was an accident? Politicians no. are releasing sneakers now. Like, like <laughs> look where we're at. Y'all are standing politicians. How do you think that happened? Do you think that's just a coincidence? The, the sneaker world is a joke. That the sneaker, so, the that sneaker world's been a joke corny. for a long time. That shit be so corny and like, you know, shout out to my boy Sean, but I know I know even him, he saw it go from it being such a a, a niche crowd to what it is today. It is oh my 
God, like, what are y'all? Like, no, 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 no. Seeing Panda Dunks has become an ick. Dog, when I see people wearing Travis Scott kicks, fake or not, I'm like, bro, y'all are lame. Like, I I told it, I, it, I swear I'm about to wrap it up because I'm fucking hungry. But <laughs> <laughs> I told, I, I swear to God, like, this one thing, I, I told a chick the other day, I truly appreciate when I see women, and this is random, when I see women actually dressing up. Because the one thing that I appreciate more than anything now is somebody that is creative and has an imagination because it gives me a little hope that they can, mm. they can critical think somewhat. When I see people just, when I see these chicks just running, running around in these wrestling costumes and these one piece fits, I'm just like, you're lazy. <laughs> you don't have an imagination. Jim Sharp. Bruh, like, come on. <laughs> you know, so I really appreciate the, the mom jeans with the black top, <laughs> dirty Air Forces. It's no personality, dog. <laughs> That's the one way that you can express yourself and you choose to Girl. be just another, just. <sighs> and that see, realization see those... there fundamentally disrupts fashion. Because fashion is is built on the idea that you can have something that many people will wear and you'll move units and you'll wear products. But then it's like, at what point do you realize I don't want to wear what someone else is wearing? I don't want to look like how someone else is looking. I don't want to have maybe the hairstyle or the beard style or the glasses style or, or whatever. Yeah, when I when I go when I go shopping in, in places when I do decide to go into a place I, I look around me and like see like who's shopping where I'm shopping and it's it's always it's always interesting it says a lot I get like I, I know where if I want to know where if I want to go somewhere where I know I'll find certain people I know where to go because like I said your fashion is gonna speak like it's gonna speak for you like that's one thing that people do it subconsciously they don't know it but the way you dress man that and where, where you shop and the, the materials that you're into, you're expressing yourself subconsciously. That's the one thing that I like people to hold on to. But unfortunately, like I said, man, so many people are copy and paste and, you know, they're lazy. And um, they've allowed um, the mainstream machine to think for them. And it's unfortunate, man. But like I said, the people out there that are still putting in work to to still have their identity or individualism in that sense like shout out to those people because like those people are far and few these days because man oh man that pandemic fucked some shit up yeah yeah but man we're approaching well over two hours yeah Uh, it's always don't do words of wisdom anymore what happened um, People stop listening to the words. Can't <laughs> 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 their own shit. <laughs> Pissing in the wind. I was thinking about that. Yeah. Right there. I was like, there's no words of wisdom anymore. But I think you you ended it with the, the most wisdom wise things. Uh, yeah. Be a be an individual. Please, I've been begging for that, man. Like, I, that's it. Enjoy your privacy. Be an individual, and. You know, I got this book, um, Dopamine Detox. Real simple read. I keep, uh, uh, never mind. It's a real simple read, but it, it says, it makes you realize, like, hedonism is definitely destroying the fabric of society when you just have people that only seek pleasure mm. and 
they seek pleasure to the point of not understanding that life is not going to be like this 24-7. And those people scare me the most because I know for a fact that a lot of them are in, in the middle. They could be in the middle of the club and they want to mm. just cry. But because they're so locked in to having fun or looking like they're having fun, they're the ones that end up needing the medicine the most because they don't know what else to do. And that just inevitably drives them crazy, man. I just, that's why I'm just like, man, just do what you want. What if they don't even need therapy? They just need a dopamine detox. That's bro. That's what I'm saying, bro. A lot of people, that's what they need. They just need to realize, man, just a couple weeks of not living such a fast life because people can't deny, bro. Even, even with sex, man, like even with your favorite dessert, I mean, it tastes good for that moment, mm-hmm. and then once it's gone, it's like, eh, I appreciated that moment, but now I'm just you know back to normal life. Yeah, you know that's why I just I just wish people were just really like yeah like you really need to get that's why I like fasting I like doing things that test my discipline because I think the shit builds character and. We live in a world nowadays, like now, like people need as much character building as possible because that's why y'all need ring doorbells. That's why y'all lock y'all doors. Y'all don't trust the characters around y'all. The principles of this country, they're gone. So you're getting yeah. all your character and personality from a Twitter account <laughs> who first said that uh, you're corny if you get verified, but then the same Twitter account paid for verification because Elon started cutting huge checks and now it's like cool to be verified. Like these are the people that y'all are. <laughs> these are the people that y'all are getting your character from. Just, just... Don't need to have a real profile picture. <laughs> you got an anime profile picture that you don't even own. You didn't make it, bro. It's someone else's IP, my dude. <laughs> what a time. What a time. What a time. Look, Keith, it was good having you on. Yeah, man. Appreciate you guys. Javito, the Shambo God. You doing good over there, man? The man the Cold world. I'm just chilling. <laughs> oh, I bet. Bundle up, nigga. Wait, hold on. Let me ask you gentlemen something. If I send, for example, I'll often do this in the group chat. What are the parameters with the N-word, for example? Like, if I send a tweet with the N-word in it, is that okay? I have white followers that do that all the time. Yeah? I'm not a, gate, I'm not a gatekeeper of the N-word. I prefer, you know... What, if, but is that, like, because I, I don't know. I, just uh, I mean, you're not the author. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> True. Yeah, but then it's mean, also like, you know, the person is reading it in their mind, too. You know, that's just the honest reality. But if you send me a rap song... Yeah, that's true. The song. I mean, I know you that's listen true. to it. I know you rap along. Because there's a lot of funny. There's a lot of funny tweets I come across that have the N word in it, and I'm like, I just, I want to copy this into the group chat. But then I'm like, wait, hold up, can I do, can I do that? Me, I'm more. I'm more along the lines. If you do of, it, we're gonna be on the first flight to Tampa to put our foot <laughs> in your ass. <laughs> I, I just, I know that it's so, it's consciously a respect thing. When non-black people don't say the N-word to me, towards me, or around me, I just see it as a sign of respect, and I leave it as that. Um, I think it's weird, um, you know, specifically when white people do it, just to 
just to show that they're accepted accepted or something. I think it's weird. Um, but I'm not a gatekeeper of the word. It it if it's said to me in anger, mm-hmm. and, I, and I I think the person is trying to weaponize it. It can annoy me a little bit. But I've heard plenty of non-black people say it didn't care because once again it wasn't at me and it wasn't mm-hmm. coming at me in a negative way. But it's a fucking word. Um, and and I, it's long story short, I find it weird when somebody just wants to say it for no reason. It's like, yeah, like, yeah. What? <laughs> I mean, it's just want to say it. Go go outside and go scream that shit. But <laughs> I respect, you know. I just I prefer you know if they don't say it around me because there's no way in the world they're not saying it and they're listening to rap music. They're reading memes. Like, come on. They're watching movies. Like mm. this shit is casually said in movies now, so yeah, yeah, it is what it is. So send them, send them. The dark on, part of that conversation, maybe next time I'm on, I'm on here, we can talk about how it's probably just ironically just a 14 year old white kid in, in the suburbs. A lot of times, with, bro. That's why I with those I accounts. What's <laughs> it, bro? That's why I say hip hop is a motherfucker, man. When you think about what it's done to this current generation, bro, because. I, I'm I'm usually I'm quite baffled sometimes at, um, you know, music fan bases. Like, I still I'm still to this day will always say it's crazy to me how like if you go to a Joey Badass show, I guarantee you seventy five percent of the audience is gonna be white, mm. and that's crazy to me though because talented as he is. And when he say nigga, they gonna say nigga too. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you think, like I said, I guarantee you, Ice Spice. I want to say, bro, her a majority of her fan base is, is suburban, you know, white right. and black girls for sure that have never stepped foot in the hood ever in their lives. Shit, I'd be looking at some black people like they can't say nigga. Man, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you should you should be saying that, bro. But like I said, I ain't the gatekeeper of the word, man. Had ice spice with Taylor Swift and Blake Lively at the Super Bowl. That was that's how that's how you know someone is. That's. It's infiltration wow. that just infiltration. goes to show, you know, black celebrity is not what we think it is. Mm-hmm. Black celebrity will allow you, like you said, you can sit at Tim Cook's table, but <laughs> I'm doing this for the press release. Like Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift doesn't have black friends like that. Just, yeah. she, she, might, just she, she, she got like three, you know, <laughs> and when and she they, goes to a certain city. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that's fine. That is totally okay. I'm fine with it. I always, always question myself why I have no Asian friends. It's like, guess what? I'm not in places where a lot of Asians are. So it just happens to be that way. Yeah. But outside of that, I have a a lot of friends or associates I deal with that are non-black. I don't care about that type of thing, but Anyways, man, we can go on forever, bro. It's good seeing y'all. We'll Likewise. we'll make this happen again soon. Make sure we don't yes, make make you wait too long. Right, and gentlemen. with Great that being said, this has been the No Boundaries Podcast, featuring the one and all, Kara. You didn't want to say his name so bad. You just just butcher it. Just go ahead, yeah. butcher. It. Why? Butcher. I, I pra- remember I practiced this way back. <laughs> All right, you can no, say bro. Agent K. A- Agent K is good. I like Agent K. Anyways, we out. But 
ever since the dawn of civilization, people have craved for an understanding of the underlying order of the world. There ought to be something very special about the boundary conditions of the universe. And what can be more special than that there is no boundary 